Let's talk about uh, the U.S. Open. 22 starts, 17 cuts made, one top five, four top tens, eight top 25s. Uh, the best finish, I think you can recall, 1981, uh, winning the U.S. Open at, uh, at Marion Golf Club. Pretty special. Yeah, it was actually pretty special. It was, um, it was what I call uh, a, a trifecta where you win that tournament and you win it on national television and you win it on Father's Day and you win it on a classic golf course. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like if you were writing a script, you couldn't, you couldn't write one better than that. Then there was one other aspect to it, if I can just jump across, David, for a second was that uh, it probably was one of the finest ball-striking rounds of golf that was ever played in a major championship, particularly on the last day. Uh, I believe he missed one green by about two and a half inches on one of the holes, but uh, obviously putted it. But that was, I think, in a lot of people's minds, one of the greatest striking ball-striking rounds of golf that was ever played. Well, interesting. I, I never hit a bunker shot, and I never hit a chip shot. Yeah, yeah. And you think about playing at any golf course and not doing that. But the, the I didn't know what I was doing, it, and I've openly said that I had absolutely no awareness of that. I was trying to win, and if you'd have said how many greens you did in regulation, I would have had to say, "Give me a ten-minute timeout," because I have no clue. It wasn't until. I hit my second shot on 18 that Bob uh, Bob Golby, who was doing ABC broadcast with Jim McKay, it wasn't until he said on air after I hit my second shot that I'd hit all 18 greens. Yeah. That's where that round first got its, its uh, respect, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. I mean, do you remember a Sunday sort of round like that in your career in terms of ball striking? No, I I did pretty good at Oakland Hills until the last hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I had a oh shit, this is a major <laughs> moment. <laughs> uh, if I'd have parred the last hole at Oakland Hills, I'd have shot sixty three, and on that golf course, that would have been a pretty good score. Oh, yeah, that's a brute. Two great yeah. places to yeah. win major championships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and actually two. Very opposite type golf courses when you think about it. You know, Marion from a from a yardage standpoint is a lot shorter. Uh, some of the, I mean, the ninth one par three that I always remember at Oakland Hills is that ninth damn hole. ninth hole. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. that had to be one of the most difficult par threes that one would ever play in his yeah. life. Do you recall going and checking out Pine Valley with Ben Crenshaw on, of the course, Thursday, yeah. on Thursday? Absolutely, yeah. Was that your first time over there? It was, yeah. I, it happened by accident, Ali. We both played early, and I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going over to Pine Valley. I said, oh, can I come? He said, yeah, let's go. So we went over, and they kindly gave us a cart, and we drove around. And, of course, Ben was starting to really get interested in golf course design, and and the history of the game and was absorbing everything he could and got to be very good at it too, I Not should a good add. job. And uh, he was just in awe of the place, the bunkering and the greens and the history of the club and everything. So, yeah, I remember doing that, yeah. So you get up for your, your, your final round on Sunday. 
I mean, some people would just picture that you just simply picked up from the lunch table, took a couple of steps and hit your first tee shot. That's kind of the way it's set up at Marion. But uh, you get off to a pretty good start, don't you? Well, you actually, you had to take a cart to the driving range because they didn't have a driving range. So you had to go out, get on the road and go down to the driving range, which was on the other course and practice. And then you'd have to come back again and then they'd drop you off and you'd, you'd putt. Um Logistically, now it's a really hard venue because of, of that reason with all the spectators and corporate tents and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I I, um, I knew I was playing well. I was in second place. I was in the last group, so you don't have to be too smart to not be able to figure that out. I, I birdied the first and the second hole, which was a really good start. And, um, yeah, I was just in a... I was just in one of those feeling good days, but you know, I was always, I always played, I guess, fearing something was going to happen. You know, I, I never let my guard down because I was scared of either early celebrations or making a fool of myself or, um, you know, having somebody say, well, he, got what he deserved because he shouldn't have done that on the 15th hole and stuff like that. So I was I was pretty stoic when I played golf. I was really serious. But, you know, that was our living, you know. You started the day three down. Yeah. Uh, birdie, birdie start really helps. Yeah. Uh, and then swept to a three-shot victory. So you made up some ground over guys like George Burns and Bill Rogers that final day, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good day. And I, I felt good that day and I hit – I birdied, I birdied fourteen and fifteen, and that was a big turning point. And uh, first Aussie to win the U.S. Open as well. Yeah, about right? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this short track of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, so long, everybody. Whack down the fairway, it went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line. It headed for two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay. Yes, it went straight down the middle, quiet.